0: Counselors, approach the bench. I have no further witnesses,
1: Your Honor. curiosity, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. Overruled. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and argue for or against the movies being on that list. My name is Johannes. And I am Raji. Today,
0: we are talking about yet another film on that list.
1: A surprising one uh, that uh, just released recently. Yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home was released December 13, 2021, and stars Tom Holland, Zendaya, and Benedict Cumberbatch.
0: Uh, directed by John Watts, and probably the most recent one for us to review.
1: Before we go swing into the multiverse, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Hanging out uh, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and uh, chilling. Having a good time. How are you? I'm pretty good. I I uh, I was uh, I took some time off work, um, and I was in Texas for, uh, for a few weeks, about two and a half weeks, um, enjoying the Dallas Mavericks, watching the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, hanging out with the family. It was fun. It was good and it was relaxing. This is our first uh, episode we're recording together in this new year, even though we had uh, wished everybody a happy new year in previous episodes. But Mm -hmm. I think it was quite surprising to be recording about Spider-Man No Way Home, and uh, especially given the fact that we're expecting to record One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. But it seems like America loved this film, and I'm ready to destroy their dreams about it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh well maybe their dreams are you know in the different multiverse <laughs> and maybe true. you destroy them in, in, in <laughs> another one uh,
1: you know the, um, funny, but, the, the funny thing is i could be a, a pro for this film and i would be more than happy to support this film too but you know this is a it's a 50 50 shot yes but i'm ready either ways
0: all right all right um then let's go flip a coin Heads or tails? I'm going to go with heads.
1: Heads. All right, let's go. Heads. Wow. This is a hard one. Because I have so many good things I want to say about this film, but I prepared mostly for the bad ones. So I'd probably go with the negative. I'm going to go against this film just for the fun of it.
0: All right, sounds good. Before we go to arguments, though, let's have a little synopsis. spider-man's identity now revealed our friendly neighborhood web slinger is unmasked and no longer able to separate his normal life as peter parker from the high stakes of being a superhero when peter asks for help in doctor strange the stakes become even more dangerous forcing him to discover what
1: it truly means to be spider-man
0: the witness will address this court as judge or
1: your honor the judge the listeners that's you this movie is a movie about a young kid who is too naive to deal with the consequences of his actions and so he decides to change the underlying foundation of the world he lives in and in doing so he gets rid of one of the best things that has ever happened to the mcu and that is aunt may and i will never forgive him for that um so that is my argument and i'm going to be building on top of that as we go on
0: <laughs> okay uh, your honor um I I I think that's overly uh condensing a uh, dramatic narrative that pushes the main character um towards uh, who he needs to be for a story and a, another set of three movies um to to give him the main motivation to to continue, continue striving as Spider-Man. So I think um blaming um a Spider-Man movie on uh, driving uh, the, the character forward by a death of a relative is kind of rich because that's been always the driver of, of Spider-Man, be it uh, an uncle or an aunt. So uh, I think Spider-Man No Way Home uh, is probably the highlight of the Tom Holland uh, Spider-Man movies and is a redeeming uh, previous Spider-Man movies and actors playing in them uh, to, to a great deal. I think um, everybody uh, probably had some negative connotations with the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, for example, but I feel like this movie redeems um, him and his choices and his way. Spider-Man has been portrayed in a great deal. Same with Tobey Maguire. And the universe in general, uh, has only opened up and uh, is only ready for new stories to be told, uh, now with a spider force that is as uh, strong as ever.
1: It's an interesting point you make. It's an interesting point you make. Let's uh, let's delve into this film, and, uh, and uh, forgive me the world, um, but I, I think that there are lots of problems with the film. Let's start with the inconsistency of Doctor Strange. Um, we've seen the Doctor Strange films and we've seen um, Doctor Strange in, you know, the Avengers film. Some of the characteristics of Doctor Strange include um, someone who is too smart, um, somebody who is a little bit cocky um, and who likes his own, you know, um, ideas uh, of solving problems. But when we see Doctor Strange in this movie, he's sulking because he's no longer the Sorcerer Supreme. Um, And because of that, he starts to make bad decisions, like helping a naive young boy whose identity has been revealed, um, and uh, basically almost bringing an end to the world. I think that moment where Doctor Strange sits down um, in Avengers Endgame, and he sees the future, and he says, oh, there are many, many futures, and this is the only one I can see solving. We went from that Doctor Strange to a Doctor Strange that was going to make a spell to help a young kid forget everything, everyone forget who was Spider-Man. It's a very, very big leap. And one of the things that kept coming up in this film was how they changed the characters to match the script. And Doctor Strange suffered the consequences of that. There was a cool fight scene between Doctor Strange and Spider-Man I have have no problems with that. But even at the end of the film, um, Doctor Strange just seemed impotent to everything that was going on. So they nerfed Doctor Strange in this film, significantly reducing his abilities uh, and trying to make him seem like a bumbling idiot just because he's no longer the Sorcerer Supreme. It was conveniently written for this film. um, And I, I just think that the premise was really, really... That foundation was one of the reasons why this movie could be considered. Oh, I can't say it. I was going to say a failure, but I can't say it in my mind. Uh, I'll just say that was a very weak part of the film. Okay. That's my first argument. <laughs> so I think at this core,
0: this movie is uh, about dealing with the past. And I think the character motivations, like this, is all coming. This is all a culmination of like a decade of MCU movies, right? And this is like the cusp of 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 a new era of MCU, I think. And I I think the combination of of the uh, Avengers Endgame Game. Movies and all that. And uh, kind of seeing how everybody worked together. um, It's great and everything. And then this movie is. Essentially the. uh, How to deal with the aftermath. Right. And how to deal with with loss. How to deal with. um, Successes but failures. And. uh, How to move on from that. And I think the. uh, The way Doctor Strange is portrayed. And his character is, is is kind of in line because that, with with that motif, because I think the uh, his his main problem in a way is that he was is kind of aware of all these different paths of timelines, and I think the there's a couple of ways to deal with that, but. Uh, I would not be shocked if one of those ways is l- learning to deal with a screwed attitude, and I feel like that's very much where he's at now, right? He's like, okay, I I know this where this is headed, and I know the fate in to a degree, right? So whatever, like, screw it. And I think the the naivete of Tom Holland's Spider Man is trying to give us in a sense yeah it's it's a lot of comic relief and i think that's why his spider-man is so beloved in a way because he's he's not just this nerd but he's a funny nerd um but but it's also bringing back some of the joy after uh, a lot of movies that were pretty dark and pretty grim and uh, lots of lots of characters died and right? so so i think uh trying to 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 overcome that grief with forgetting is is kind of a interesting prospect now i get that it's very selfish on on his behalf right it's like oh i, I don't want people to know who i am really i want to live in my double agent life uh, and, and just do that but um yeah, I don't I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing though. I, I feel like so your your argument is essentially that um these characters are not the characters that they established in previous movies and they're just very different and now it's inconsistent with uh, the world that was built. Is
1: that correct? Yes, pretty much. Um and I think that the, the the idea of uh Benedict Cumberbatch uh as uh Doctor Strange was just too much of a of a of a leap from you know the strong actor he was to this naive character who was just bumbling and getting his ass beat by spider man
0: well i think again i think it's it, it's just an indication of how um beat dr Strange is as a as as a person as a character after mm. everything that we've seen um well that a Spider-Man can beat him, right? And that Ned can take over from and can take over his powers essentially.
1: I hope not. I, I don't wanna go into that just yet. Um but I, I will make another point. Um and I alluded to this uh earlier. Um Marissa Tomei has been a favorite of mine since I was a kid. She's just an awesome actress um and i watched as this two individuals decide to take characters who are you know murderers criminals who are and there's nothing wrong with trying to change people but trying to change them overnight and putting the fate of the world on your naive plans to save them seems weird Especially after you've gone through everything he's gone through as Peter Parker. He's seen duplicitous people, um, especially when he was dealing with the previous uh, um, villain. Um, What's his name? I I forgot his name. Um, In the previous film. Uh, Mysterio. Mysterio. Yeah. Um, And he was in Endgame. He's seen the consequences of bad decisions in the world. For him to go, oh, the solution for this is to get all these criminals we've trapped into this building and try to make them good using science and putting the fate of the world on that, it's very naive. And the fact that Aunt May played along disappointed me because I expected better. I expected to see Marisa Tomei in many other films in the MCU. But now we're not going to see her because of bad decisions by Spider-Man. And this is just a personal grievance that I have, being that I had a crush on her for a long time and I was really enjoying her in every of the Spider-Man films. It's sad. It's sad. But that's just me, my personal take.
0: So so let me get that straight. So you, you're essentially uh, faulting the movie for one of the main characters dying and uh, losing that actress
1: my point was not the fact that i lost the actress that i really liked the point was that the naive decisions that led to her loss is what i'm arguing against i don't if they if they you know got rid of aunt may in a satisfying way which they ultimately did um for good enough reasons i wouldn't have a problem with it but there were naive reasons behind it they thought they were going to save five criminals some of whom didn't want to be saved um, over the course of one night um, and turn their lives around by giving them some science injections um, and everything would just be good ignoring the fact that these people are bad to the bone those were the naive decisions that led to what happened to Aunt May. And I wasn't happy with those. So there were lots of naive ideas, naive naivete, specifically with Spider-Man, and um enforced by Aunt May that made the decision that made the actions of her dying inc- um uh inevitable. And I was not a fan of those. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> not a fan of this.
0: But didn't the whole attempt to redeem the bad guys uh, essentially come from from Aunt May? Because Spider Man just wanted to to pick up the Green Goblin, bring him back to Doctor Strange's thing, and then send them back to to their timelines. But then Aunt May was like, "Hey, give him, you know, give him a chance. He's not all bad. Like, look at him. He's he's a tortured soul, right?" <laughs> and then that's the. Uh, Essentially, the the uh, the kickoff point for Spider-Man to try to redeem all the other bad guys uh, in in their respective universes, and uh, I guess one argument against yours is that, yes, there are bad guys, but it seems like this movie tells us a narrative of. Uh, and there there is a good person at the core behind them except for the green goblin <laughs> green goblin is a jerk <laughs> but um but then again there there's also the other you know Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde kind of thing so um there there is something good in there as well but it's it's kind of schizophrenia and that needs to be treated right so so mm-hmm. i i think there is an argument for for the humanity of like hey you know these people need help Um, it's the better way to help them instead of just shoving them aside. And uh, that's what they tried. And the result of that is the demise of of Aunt May. But that also triggers kind of very similar character progressions from Tom Holland's Spider-Man to the other Spider-Man that we see that are fueled by anger, right? And the rage and... um, he then learns to let go of that and be a better person and um, superhero, I guess, because he he can overcome that rage.
1: Question is, did he let go? I'm not entirely sure he did. If um, the character of, of Toby Maguire wasn't in there, would he have been able to snap back into the moment? He was really beat it into the goblin at the end. And I think he was going to do it. He was going to take him out. Um, If it wasn't for the fact that Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man stepped in, um, he would have have killed him. Um, And uh, it just seems like there's still unresolved um, emotion Uh, there and i don't think that now that the green goblin is gone that he is able to resolve those so the question is did he grow or i mean they made it seem like he grew but did he actually grow there's no toby maguire to step in the next time this happens and if he's already angry he could continue to be angry and just keep i mean i guess that's a that's something that they have to touch in the future Spider-Man film. So maybe I don't need to talk about it here, but I don't think that he grew as much as we want to give him credit for.
0: Oh, I I strongly disagree because I think the at the core, right the the whole thing starts with him trying to go back to the past with nobody knowing who he is except for a laundry list of people, right? That start that's that kicks off this whole adventure, and then at the end. He realizes that's an unattainable goal, mm-hmm. and um, everything is set up for him to re, um, to restart and reboot the relationship with uh, the Zendaya character. But uh, when he saw that she she was hurt still, um, I think he he understood that there's only only hurt if if they continue this. So he stepped back and didn't didn't go further that path. I think so. I think that there is tremendous growth, like some uh, an actor that was extremely selfish from the beginning, and I think that's one one of the things that you brought up, right? This whole thing is very naive and selfish. Um, so, leads to me, him learning to not necessarily be that.
1: So I'm I'm going to counter that point again um and say at the earlier in the film after he he tells zendaya and ned about the fact that he went to see dr strange to help him forget and that was where the problem started he says uh zendaya um the character of uh, mj says like hey before you make any big decision like that you should come and talk to us first and let's see if there's a way we can solve that before you make a decision like that and you know what he did in the end he made a big decision uh, without consulting them um, he just let them know that he was making a big decision they had no input they had no say in how the decision was going to play he just told them and he did it so I if you look at the character arc how did he grow uh, if it was a situation where he was like all right um, guys I have to make a big decision here um, what do you guys think about this then you would say he grew but just made a big decision again the same way he did at the very beginning of the film, so they have no choices. the whole world is suffering the consequences of his choices. he was selfish from the very beginning to the very end he didn't grow I don't think he did
0: ah uh, I, I I disagree because I think the the beginning of the movie yes he was he was selfish right it was all about him and and trying to to be in the in the dark again and and all that, but at the end uh the circumstances were very different right because the uh, metaverse multiverse whatever you call it uh was was collapsing right so so he was confronted with a very different uh scenario where his current world and his timeline i guess um was at stake versus his own personal uh, can benefit out of it, right? So he put he put his needs, um, had them take a step back, and put the whole world, uh, in front of his own needs in a way, and sacrificed, uh, what he loved most, right? And he 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 sacrificed his aunt and all the relationships and all the friends, essentially because nobody knows him anymore. So he's all alone. So he's he's sacrificing the one thing that he was yearning for in the beginning to keep
1: hmm.
0: right so so i think that's that's quite a tremendous growth and quite the uh, f- from a character that is very naive to to grow up and understand okay there is problems that are bigger than my own um is is quite compelling quite interesting
1: the question then the question then becomes did he have a did he have did he really have a choice i think i think that's that's the question that i have now at the end of the film you're seeing the multiverse cracking all around you you're seeing villains like the scorpion standing in the, the precipice trying to enter your world does he have a choice really does he want to spend the whole night fighting what if he made the choice because he was too tired and he didn't want to go through that again um i think if you look at it from a wider scope i can make the argument that he was that decision was also quite selfish um he didn't want to deal with those people who are ready to you know get through the multiverse and into this world so you know an argument can be made on that direction uh
0: i i think if if you follow that path and then say okay he ha- he had a choice and he chose to let the multiverse destroy everything. Um then you create a superhero that is unredeemable and a villain. Right. Which is is a is an interesting proposition, I think. Uh have somebody who's so beloved now as a as a character to to completely twist and turn into one of the bad guys. But I don't think that's uh happening anytime soon. Right? So the the only logical conclusion is, of course, he's going to put the world in front of his own needs, right? So, and of course, you could argue, well, did he have a choice then? Because it's his his very own character is based around not being a villain. So, the only non villainous thing is to put the world in front of every in, in front of your own needs, right? So,
1: but then the argument can be made. That if he was actually thinking that way, he should never have made the. He should have never have made the wish in the first place. That was a cop out, he was trying to save his ass. So he went to make a wish to so that everybody forgot that Peter for uh, Spider Man was Peter Parker.
0: Well, yeah, and then, it, but that's the whole point, right? That's it, it, like at that point, he he was still so naive and thinking like, oh, you know, I we could fix this by just doing this, mm-hmm. right? So nobody is is harmed by just knowing me like they they cannot go to to the fancy school because they they know me um you know we, we can fix this with something relatively simple by having people just forget who i am i think at at face value that's that's kind of an interesting very naive take right so it's it's understandable to a degree i think to to have that take and be like hey you know we can do this this small sacrifice but okay um and then he threw in all these exceptions because he still wanted to re- remain status quo for with with all his peers and friends um you know so so that selfishness again you know i think he, he wanted to have his cake and eat it too and uh, i think like from 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 that point of the story and the character to where we are in the end i think that's that's uh pretty big
1: growth and pretty mm-hmm. pretty good but uh, I don't. I don't want to stick on this topic for too long. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting. It's an interesting perspective. I like the argument. Um, but I I think my final argument will probably be, uh, the Ned, who is still an annoying character, um, throughout the three films. I'm not. I've never found him as endearing. Um, and also. The movie felt bloated with some of the villains. Uh, some of them were were a little underused. Uh, for example, Sandman, whose motivations were unclear throughout the film. He wanted to go back home and meet his daughter, but he also didn't want to be saved to so he could go back home and meet his daughter. I mean, if you were really interested in going back home to meet your daughter, and the only way you could do that was to be cured from being a Sandman, and you watched Dr. Octavius being saved, um, I would be first in line to go, save me, save me. I want to go home and see my daughter. This guy was like fighting and trying to beat Spider-Man up for what reason? I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, one can argue that he he's jumpy because of his past experiences. But, you know, the motivation is the motivation, right? So what, 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 what do we have to say about that? Um, and you know, I like I like the character of Zendaya. She did a great job. Um, like I said, Ned, not so much reptile, eh, or lizard man. Sorry. The lizard man. Um, it was, it was all over the place. You know, I don't know. I, I'm i just going to stick with those characters because if I go too deep, I think I might lose the argument, but that's what I'm going to stay at.
0: Huh. Interesting.
1: I mean, I, I
0: is there an argument that this movie is bloated a little bit and you could trim some of the fat so some of the villains? Probably. Probably. I think uh, if, if you talk about two villains from each Spider-Man movie era, did we get the best selection out of them? I don't know. Probably. Maybe. Potentially. Right? Um, I think... It, Like I said, the in my opinion, this movie the the core is uh, dealing with loss, but also redemption, like personal redemption, right? Not taking your selfishness over um, others, and the thing that goes for all three Spider Men and all the villains that we see. Um, And I think the uh, each of these villains has some some valid like troubled tortured soul element to them that that yearns for redemption Mm. so so we're getting a little bit of 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 that i think and it's like oh you know the the dark arc it's not the bad person it's just a a bad ship (laughs) right but um so i i can see that argument and, and uh Oftentimes on on the show, you will hear me complain that movies are too long. Um, So I could concede that argument as well. But uh, I do think it's not a a movie that feels very long because it keeps you entertained in the action for a long time. And I think the variety of characters uh, help with that.
1: So what did you like about the film?
0: Uh, What did I like about the film? I think the... Like I said, the theme of redemption, right? I, I was not the biggest fan of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, but I think um, this was a complete 180 turnaround of him. And it really redeemed him and, um, and the way he portrayed Spider-Man. And it, it made sense in that. I think the uh, set pieces were very interesting. I think it had very beautiful shots, Uh, uh, one of the standouts were the power lines when when he swung through the power lines. I thought that was beautiful. Um, I think the social commentary is kind of interesting in this. Um, How we kind of are now dealing with uh, a very toxic misinformation media campaign uh, that's modeled after, Alex Jones and the like uh, I think that's very relevant and, and kind of on you know the current and uh, like I said the, the the general growth of uh Tom Holland's Peter Parker of of kind of losing that naivete and growing up I think is um is the strength of this
1: movie all right. um I guess I can postpone all my arguments still we get out of this zone uh, let me know when you're ready uh so we can have a general discussion all right about this one let's let's move over to general discussion then all right
0: your honor i'd like to ask for a recess
1: so first of all i was reading the news and this movie is now made 1.53 billion dollars it's very weird very weird um uh to see that uh this movie is doing so well and there's no sign that it's slowing down, which is crazy. It is. um, There's no really, there's no good movies coming out for a while. So there's a potential that people can just keep going to the movie theaters to go see this film over and over and over and over and again. Um, I think that there's a lot of rewatchability to this film. So um, having heard all my arguments, what would you think I would rate this movie out of 10? I'm gonna cut the. Um, I'm gonna cut the suspense. I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. Oh wow! All right, <laughs> I love this film. Um, but I think that there are some weaknesses to it. But I think that the the way that they dealt with the nostalgia, uh, and the consistencies of all the older characters, for particularly Octavius, um, um the Green Goblin, um. Even the mumbling of the Sandman, which ironically he was the exact same way in in the in um, the was it the third film the third film of Spider Man. Um, so you know it, it was quite it was quite interesting. It was p- pretty good, but there was also some inconsistencies. But it dealt with it in some discussions, like um, Electro. I'm going to give you a. a I've never seen any Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. So it's very weird. You know, everybody is praising, he putting praise on Andrew Garfield for his role. I never saw him in any Spider-Man film. I've never seen any of the Amazing Spider-Man. Um, I had they were bad, so I never went to the movies to check them out. But I may go check them out now um, because some of the things that happened in the film uh i did not grasp the significance of them um until i heard people talking about them after like you know the death of gwen stacy yeah. and how he saved mj um it was interesting watching it um but i didn't even know gwen stacy died until the discussions after <laughs> the film so it it was interesting so some of those things perhaps, perhaps to get the emotional strike I may go watch the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and watch shooters, even the Electro interpretations. That I don't know what the context was. I thought it was pretty good in this film, but if it was as bad as people say in The Amazing Spider-Man, then maybe getting that context will help. Yeah. But I think that, you know, there was some growth, true. Um, and one of the most important parts of this was that he had to make hard choices, which is one thing that he hasn't done Um, in any of the older Spider-Man films, there were were no consequences because he always had the Iron Man tech to fall back on. If he was having a bad day, he could just do something on the Iron Man tech and and, uh, find a solution. The best part of this film was the end of the film where he was sewing his Spider-Man costume and then he flew out because you know that he's going to be doing everything solo. He's grown up. He's no longer under the shadows of Iron Man. And he's going to be a full-fledged Spider-Man in the next film. I'm looking forward to the next trilogy. Um, but this movie was a great transition from the old to the new. Um, and let's see where it goes. That's that's my overall take.
0: Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed this movie a lot. Uh, but I agree it has flaws. And I, one of the last points you brought with, with the villains, um, I've f- I felt it was borderline fan servicey, and we didn't need two of each era. I think, like having the 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 uh, showpiece villains in a way. Right, so Doc Ock and, and Green Goblin, I think, are kind of the flashy villains, right? But they're also from from McGuire. So I think you know the the Andrew Garfield the Spider Man era. um suffers from villains that are not necessarily very compelling i think yeah right and then and and we can see that with with the lizard i guess and uh sandman and uh electro right so so none of these is really compelling and kind of Mm -hmm. threatening i don't think and that's that's a problem for this movie I, i think that's something that i would have pointed out um, that the the real threat is coming out of the Green Goblin. The other ones are just kind of side pieces and then you know side side quests, but not mm. not necessarily relevant. Like the the, the main antagonist and problem is the Green Goblin, and it's cool because it's so iconic, and Willem Dafoe is doing such a great job with it. Um, but it diminishes a lot of the, the Andrew Garfield era in a way, but then it also greatly redeems Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Right. So, so that's, that's, that's great. I think, like I said, from, from, from going from a Spider-Man that was super comfortable with a lot of people knew who he was in for real. And uh, to somebody who's, all alone now, and like you pointed out, like somebody who was relying on a lot of um like literal plot armor, right? Yeah. F- 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 sponsored by uh Stark Industries. Stark Industries, uh to somebody who now has to be alone, uh and by choice, uh is is quite interesting and will be good for the for the next trilogy of his. Um I hope we see the Spider-Man that has grown up and is not as naive anymore because now he had, he truly has lost everything. Um, which he hasn't. And, and like you pointed out, like his Spider-Man was always kind of the, the, the side, the side gag, right. Even in the Avengers movies, he was always kind of the comic relief. And I think, and I hope that we can get with the next trilogy, we, we can get a Spider-Man that's a little more serious.
1: Um, I I also want to talk about the way they introduced the Spider Man. Um, this movie seemed like it was di- di- divided specifically into two films. The first film was the actions of the 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 world breaking up, the multiverse, um, and that first film ended with the death of Aunt May, and then the second film started, and you know when the second film started, Ned was ha- the, had the magic glove on and he was swirling his hands and they were calling for Spider-Man to appear. And I, I, I really loved the introduction of the Spider-Man into the world. It just seemed so... It was so uninteresting. It's like you would expect that it would be like a big portal and Spider-Man is swinging and stuff. And it was just he wove his hand, he was calling for Spider-Man and there was a guy in an alleyway and he was like, you calling me? Uh, yeah, I'll come over. And it was like, so unassuming. Hey, can you clean the cupboard? I was laughing. It was so great. Um, and it was so good to see Tobey Maguire back in his uh, Spider-Man costume. And his introduction was great too. The interactions between all the Spider-Man, the jokes about him making all of that stuff in his body, all of that stuff was just, you know, chef's kiss. Yeah. Um. I, I, I don't, I think the strength of this movie is nostalgia, and no matter what critique criticism you have, it hits you right. It hits you in the right spot. Um, watching Tobey Maguire save Tom Holland from um, the last the last from killing um, the Green Goblin was was perfect because it it gave Tobey Maguire a great arc. And apparently, Andrew Garfield's arc was great too because he saved MJ. Yeah. So it's it's I think that it gave everybody a little bit of. It was compelling to almost everyone who watched it, especially if you've watched all the old films. Um, and even so, someone like me who hasn't seen like the Amazing Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man 2, I I really enjoyed Andrew Garfield, and you know it made me want to go watch those old films. Uh, and see what it was like, um, but it also made me want to see what they could do with him in the future. Um, Spider Man is not my favorite, you know, superhero. Um, as a Batman fan, a lot of the things just sounded naive, and I think that when I was looking at negatives, I was just looking at negatives from a Batman perspective. What would Batman do in a situation like this? Throw, <laughs> throw money at the problem. <laughs> <laughs> So um yeah I, I I thought that was a good aspect of the film. I thought the movie was great. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's a good movie. I I enjoyed that. Um on on a little side tangent about Batman, um greatly enjoyed the new Batman trailers. Um because I feel like that that Batman just looks very very angry.
1: <laughs> and- I worry I'm I'm going to say this. I worry about I'm going to just Indulge your your tangent for a few minutes. I I, I worry that that Batman film is not going to be as action-packed as we think it's going to be. And that a lot of the action in that film is already in the trailers. That's what I worry about. As somebody who's seen, you know, the trilogy, the Planet of the Apes trilogy, I have a lot of high hope uh, for this film. Uh, And, but we'll see. I'm I'm worried. But, you know. It's the DC world. The DC world is just strange. Right. Um we'll see. Yeah.
0: Anyway, um, so yeah, Spider-Man. It's 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 a good movie. I think it's it's doing a lot of right. I think it's it's trying a lot to to prop Spider-Man up to be a bigger fixture in the Disney parks. <laughs> it's kind of my, my snarky thing, but but you know, they they created that Spider-Man ride. It's not that great. <laughs> um, and 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 kind of built a lot of Spider-Man, so I think there's there's a lot um, money that that Disney is like hedging on this, and it pays off. Like I said, like this movie is is going bonkers. It's one of the the rare movies these days that that get people to the to the cinema. Like if you, yeah. if, you if you think about West Side Story, it's like a huge flop, right? like tremendous flop. But but all the all the 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 cards are right for that movie on paper, mm. right? so it's it's kind of interesting that that you have like that the audience demands apparently something like Spider Man.
1: But I, I think the movie would never have been successful if it wasn't for the nostalgia too, because Spider Man is not the first superhero movie that's come out in the pandemic. You know, we had Black Widow, we had Shang Chi. Shang Chi was quite successful too. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But none of them was as successful as the Spider-Man. And uh, I am very sure that the reason why it's so successful is because of the introduction of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Because people wanted to see how they interact. And it bodes well for the Spider-Man film that is coming out at the end of the year. The, the Across the Spider-Verse film. Yeah. yeah. All right. I don't have anything else, I don't think. Yeah, I think this was a was a hearty discussion. Yeah. A surprising film. I didn't expect that we'd be talking about this film. Um, right. I guess we should tell people at the very beginning that they're spoilers because this whole show is about spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so don't listen to this episode if you don't want to be spoiled.
0: <laughs> you had your chance, I guess. I mean, December 13th. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in a new year already. So mm. The people that wanted was- to see it probably at the time
1: cool Um, what are we going to do next time it seems like the movie that got bumped down um, is probably going to take precedence over this Uh, it's going to be one fly one flew over the cuckoo's nest that's right
0: that's right looking forward to that movie haven't seen that in forever
1: i have never seen that film before oh wow (laughs) so it's going to be a new experience for me
0: great great looking forward to that discussion and, uh, until then, where can people find us?
1: You can find us on at Movie Mistrial on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, or you can email us at
0: contact at com. All
1: right. Till the next one. All right. Thanks so much. Take, Bye. Take it easy.